Ah, oh, Mountaineer Nation, a little emergency podcast coming here for you. Wednesday was a great day to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. The old TC would have told us that for sure. The emergence of JT Daniels coming out of the portal. We're going to talk all about that. We're also going to hit on the basketball comings and goings because Hugs has been busy in the portal. A lot of portal discussion tonight. We're also going to talk a little bit about Maisie and crew up there in Mon County Ballpark, the Mountaineer baseball team having a pretty good go of it. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill it out. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back. Let's go. Ah, Zach, buddy, was a heck of a Wednesday for Mountaineer Nation, my friend. The hits just kept coming. Started early in the day with with the emergence and the news of potentially a, a savior um, at quarterback. I know people don't want to. We probably shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, with the way the program's been going of late and the way the portal's been to us, this is some welcome news to see a, a former five-star talent walking through that door and a, a big win for Neil Brown considering how it's been the last few months. I mean, that was huge. And then you hear about the – adding one four more games with Pitts. I mean, man, big day for the football program, and, and Neil Brown needed a good day. Yeah, I don't think anybody in Mountaineer Nation's upset about that. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of what they're always complaining about. I mean, we in general, we're not always huge fans of the portal and the way it taketh at times, but definitely definitely gaveth this time around. It did, it did give us – the cup did runneth over there for us. Um, I mean, let's let's just get into to our feelings here on the on on the JT Daniels edition and how that affects this team, not only for 2022, right, but for the following years and the ripple effect it has. I think for next year, it's a slam dunk, home run type situation for Mountaineer football. I mean, I think if Neil Brown was feeling some pressure, this was the best move he could have possibly made for himself, but. There is some concerns about, you know, how does this play in the long term? Kind of what are your feelings on it, Zach? Well, I think that, you know, coming into this year, it was sort of a thing like, hey, we're going to be rolling out a first-time quarterback with one of these three guys between Green, Nico, Crowder, whoever ends up getting rolled out there week one. And even if that's not the starter throughout the year, you're dealing with a guy who's a first-year starter no matter what. And with that, I feel like the coaching staff, Neil Brown namely, would be given some you know, some semblance of a leash from the fan base, from Shane Lyons, just in general, because that's just how it goes. Whenever you're dealing with a first-time quarterback, you get a little more leeway. Now, bringing in a guy like JT Daniels, two different schools – I mean, big, big boy programs, too. Right. Blue, I mean, those are top-end programs. Yeah, we don't – no blue bloods in football. No, exactly. Might as well be. Most started that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But, you know – But he is a blue-tip prospect, though. Exactly. He's he's got the pedigree. He's got the experience on the big stage with, you know, top-end competition. He's by far the opposite of a – I shouldn't say by far. He's he's played his share of games, but he's had some injury history. But he's not a first-time starter. He's a guy that you bring in with the expectation he's going to take the job, no questions asked. And he's hopefully 
going to do some big things for you. So with that, I think that adds some pressure, like a, almost a do or die situation. I, I can see that if they don't have some kind of success, that's, you know, to the level of what expectations are expected to be with him and the team we're bringing back. There could be a little bit of yeah. uh, heat in the seat. I, I, I'd agree, Zach. I think the seat gets turned up a few degrees if this team struggles. Um, but at the same time, I do think that by making this move, you know, Neil Brown, I, like, like you said, he's not buying himself time, but he might be buying himself an opportunity to, to really kind of get some traction, get some footing finally. I mean, A, you've got a kid who – you know, knows Graham Harrell's system, went through a fall camp uh, in a spring camp with him in 2019 with USC, got hurt. You know, Harrell obviously liked what he saw out of the kid, wanted to bring him back in. You know, he did, he did transfer out because I think Slovis was so good in 2019 that, you know, he kind of felt, well, you know what, I don't want to not be able to play. Same situation now with him at Georgia. That does scare me, though, in some respect because – is he a little bit afraid of competition? I hope not. Um, and one other thing too, Zach, in 2018 as a true freshman at USC, he was five, the team was five and seven. That's a little concerning, but we obviously saw he knew how to win at Georgia. I mean, you look at his numbers at Georgia in the 2020 season, once he finally got on the field, he was averaging pretty much close to 300 yards a game, 10 touchdowns to two interceptions. And then this past year, was really lighting it up before he got hurt against Vanderbilt um, and then lost his job. And Stetson Bennett just – all he did was win, win, win no matter what. And the dog's defense was so good that Daniels never really got the opportunity to get back on the field. So, I mean, we've, we've got ourselves a guy now that um, we have to feel confident in knowing that, man, he's played major college football and done it on a high level, whereas, you know, as good as Nico's pedigree potentially is, he hasn't done it. Garrett Green's, we've seen him run around out there and, you know, flash brilliance, but not necessarily with the arm. And then, obviously, Goose Crowder uh, is was kind of a guy who was always kind of forgotten, but people kind of liked what they saw underneath the scenes. You just didn't have that guy. Now you've got that guy. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how the quarterback room kind of filters out, though, in the coming weeks. Yeah, that'll be the interesting part, right, because you can almost guarantee that at least one of those guys that were, you know, comprising the quarterback room before Daniels walked in, one of those guys or more are going to, in all likelihood, going to skate out. Yep. So seeing who that's going to be, I mean, I would guess almost certainly it's going to be green. We obviously hope that Nico sticks around because he's still young and, you know, whatever happens with Daniels, whether he lights the world on fire, leaves after this year, like you've talked about with me before, you know, maybe he gets hurt again. He's got a storied injury history. Nico has to know that. And if he if that happens, he'd be right there waiting ready to roll pieces. He's ready yeah. to fire it up. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, you know, you don't wanna you don't wanna run away from competition. I mean, that's what we hope from these guys, but in today's day and age it's just so unpredictable. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> like I said, I mean the portal gave us this opportunity here with, with Daniels and uh, it's it's obviously somebody's going to leave the room. I don't know who it is. My bet is that it's it's goose goose as good as gone, or or green. I, I've got a feeling on Nico, man. I mean, I think granted, I think he's pissed. 
uh, I bet they're all a little pissed right now mm-hmm. because they just went through the spring workouts. And, you know, we also heard that Neil Brown said that if we don't have what we think we need in this room <laughs> in the spring, we're going to get somebody. He was well, never, he never hid that. He never kept that under wraps. He was straightforward about that from the jump. And when you get a chance to get a guy who's done what Daniels has done at at Georgia, hunker down, you hairy dogs, and with USC fight on, man. I mean, again, those are those are absolute stalwart programs in college football. And we've got a guy now who those teams thought was talented enough to play quarterback for them. So he knows the system. I'm really excited about it, Zach. I think it gives us a chance now to to really make really make a run and be a team that can do some things. And I think Daniel saw that. And I think that's why he's here. Because I think he saw an offensive line that's pretty primarily all coming back and got a lot better as the year went on last year. Now, do they need to improve? Absolutely. But I mean, I think they'll can I think, you know, they've been practicing in the spring, they've gotten bigger, they're a year more cohesive together. Offensive line's one of those positions where you kind of get in unison together, right? And they get in concert the more you get to play together. We saw at the end of last year. And they weren't bad at protecting for Dakey, you know, at, at times, um, especially in the back end of the season. So I think that'll be good. I think you've got some good receivers. I mean, the trio of Prather James and Bryce Ford Wheaton, I think are guys that we can count on um, to make some plays for him, right? And then you've got good running backs. I mean, Mathis, uh, Anderson, Johnson, and, and Jalen Dixon, the offense is not going to be the problem this year. We're going to score points for the first time in the Neil Brown era. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of what this is going to be centered upon is Graham Harrell between how the offense is going to look and getting Daniels here in the first place. I have no doubt that that was a big a big part of what attracted Daniels here, which, you know, granted people are going to think that he and Harrell had this relationship at USC, which granted they could have, you know, hit it off, you know, whenever Harrell got there. But Daniels only played part of one game. Yeah. Harrell at the helm for OC at USC. And, you know, that's pretty much all the time they got before he transferred. Obviously, throughout that season, uh, the Harrell was first at USC. Daniels was still in the program. He still learned the offense and everything like that. So that's going to be a nice jump start for him. But, you know, they didn't have a ton of time to develop a relationship. But he knows about Harrell. You know, guys across the landscape know about Harrell and what he brings to the table. He's one of the hotter young coaches in the, in the country. And, you know, you don't pay an assistant the kind of money that WVU is paying him just for no reason. So I'd agree. Gonna I'd agree, Zach. He's going to attract recruits like Daniels, and that's going to be big for us as long as we can keep him around. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks in terms of the portal mm-hmm. for us. Because now that you've just landed this big fish in Daniels. I mean, the biggest recruit out there, honestly. Yeah. I mean, At least knows? one of the offensive yeah. men. No, I mean, I think by far the best quarterback in the portal. Um, and and now you've got a chance. I mean, we and I know we, we talked about this a little bit, but, but the offensive lineman from Georgia who ends up retweeting the uh, mm-hmm. – the story about Daniels coming to WVU that's in the portal, um, you know, and, and maybe you see a couple defensive guys that might be like, you know what, man, West Virginia might have something cooking there. I want to come play. 
But also, too, I mean, we've supplemented from the portal before, like a Charles Woods last year coming in at DB mm. for us. You know, Tony Fields at linebacker. I have confidence in Neil Brown and those boys on the defensive side of the football to get the guys they need. And they've always recruited well for defense, for the defensive side of the ball since he's been here. I mean, you think about it, that's not been a problem. So I'm pretty confident that we're going to have athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Now, granted, if you had Mesidor, that changes everything. But everything else, I think you could withstand the, the hits we've had in the portal, right? I mean, Woods, you know, can come on for, for fortune. Nick Troy wasn't really out there all that much last year anyway. I mean, what, he missed at least half the season mm-hmm. um, for you. So, I mean, that's, you know. Now, the Chandler Samito one hurts. But Cuba, from everything we've heard, is absolutely a stud out there. So, I mean, the, the one that you're really missing and, and probably going to hurt the most is Mesador. But, man, if you think about that, you've got still a good defensive pedigree, potentially, with good recruits and everything. Get in a quarterback now that knows knows a little bit about a system. And, man, i got to give you credit. When you rolled the OC from USC, that just rolls off the tongue. That was impressive, my friend, impressive. Um, man, you, you think about that, though. You've got the ability now. And I'm going to be interested to see how Harold – are we going to run the ball – more than what I think he has done in the past, because I think that's where our strength is with this offensive line. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I just think that running back room is too good not to run the ball a good bit. I mean, because Mathis, man, I'll tell you this right now, I almost liked him a little better than Letty Brown toward the back end of last season. And I know that might be blasphemy for some Mountaineer fans to hear me say that, but Tony Mathis was quick. He'd go one cut and go. And, man, he was absolutely electric at times last year. And then we've heard that these running back recruits and Anderson and Johnson are very good. And Dixon's got pedigree from Clemson. Love what we love, love, love what we were able to pull off on that side of the football. And man, I'm I'm fired up right now. Let's go September first right now. Let's let's bring on them number nine ranked Pitt Panthers, by the way. I don't know if you saw I, that today. I Zach. saw that. Um, give me a break, Zach. Pitt number nine. I mean, that's one of the biggest jokes I've ever seen. Like Without Pickett, you're going to tell me they're the number nine team in the country. I know they brought back that great wide receiver, but, I mean, come on now. And he is great. Addison is a stud. But let's see if uh, Daniels can kind of get his de facto revenge going against Slovis week one. Oh, man, can you – I mean, that's that's phenomenal, right? You got two kids that both left USC in game one of the college football season in the back – Backyard brawl, the return. Oh man, I cannot wait to be up there, buddy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an absolute. That's what college football is all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if you're, I mean, I don't think Pitt will be number nine in those polls because I think that I think that FBI is a little weak. I mean, and then we'll have to talk about another team too that snuck in there. I know that you had a chuckle one too. I'm sure I know I did. Um, Hey, they're back. Oh, you know it. Six more like six in the Big Twelve. (laughs) <laughs> Texas was sixth in the country, uh, if you guys don't know, if you haven't seen that. FPI for ESPN had Texas sixth, Pitt ninth. I'm like, huh? You know, Yeah. Um, regardless, though, I mean, no way, man. I mean, no way. But I'd say Pitt probably, instead of being like number nine, like the FPI said, they'll probably be in the top 25, which I think could be a really good kind of springboard for us in this season if we go up there and find a way to get that thing done. I would agree with you. I mean, we got plenty of time to talk about that, but man, I'm already juiced for it, buddy. I mean, I, I want to make one comment about the running backs too, real quick, because you have such a deep room. You know, you remember in years past when Dana used to talk about you know, <laughs> putting putting uh, those running backs out there in, in the slot and 
getting that we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna swing a little bit there. <laughs> I mean, it really never came to fruition. You had a guy like Alex Singfield who, you know, had flashes. Never Man, we heard that for freaking three awesome. years, didn't we? Bang that drum a lot. But I mean, you've got guys in Dixon and um, Johnson who are from all you know, all understanding is guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield. This had some flashes of doing that, but those are two speed guys between Johnson and Dixon. You could probably actually slot out and have a little bit of support in the receiving game where our receiving room isn't as deep. So that would be huge. I mean, you got that many running backs. You put a couple on the field at the same time. I don't see a problem with it. I don't either. I don't either at all. Zach. I kind of like that move because your tight end position is a little thin at the moment. Um, I really like the the and man, you have to help me with this pronunciation here. Um, say that again, Palindi. <laughs> Palindi. I know he came Palindi. from Colorado State. I know that much. Yeah. Um, and you know, hearing, super high. Yeah, 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 that's right. You're right. You're hearing good things about him, right? I mean, Palindi. Now I've been hearing he's not much of a pass catcher, and that the um the the Carlo guy is going to be the one who really kind of is going to be your your pass catching tight end. Yeah. Um, because I know Daniels does like to use the tight end a little bit. That's going to be key. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish we had guys like uh, Washington and Brock Bowers, but, you know, that's we'll, we'll take what we got. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, yeah, I could, we could take a Brock Bowers. That's that's for sure. I mean, he got a nice little L deal there with the, uh, chi- with the, with the chicken, you know, selling some chicken, man. That's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Pod stud. Yeah, he does. Man, you know what? One thing, too, man, I think the CRT, oh, excuse me, not not trying to go get political there, the the, the Country Roads Trust um, played a huge role in this. I think we're finally getting into the arms race that all these other schools have been doing here since 2018. And we're going to have to. And that's one thing that I've really enjoyed about Neil Brown's tenure is he doesn't shy away from those things. He doesn't shy away from the social media presence. He doesn't shy away from, you know, whatever comes along with NIL and things of that nature he's trying to you know be steadfast in getting ahead on those fronts and that's i mean if you don't you get left behind yeah i think it's necessary it's it's detrimental absolutely you you have to especially in the world we're living in now in college football i mean you heard saban kind of saying if this is what we what we want with guys being able to play players well hmm, we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. Uh, remember the last time he said that that's when he kind of uh, scrapped the three yards in a cloud of dust murder ball offense and started flinging it around. They've won what three national championships in six years. So yeah. man knows know. how to adapt. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll adapt just fine. And man, I think Neil, you know, is is adapting at the moment. Bank and, roll tide. Yep, <laughs> that's right, roll tide. And I think he knew he had to. You know what I mean? I think he knew he had to, and he has. And man, I think we're going to be better for it. And I mean, man, you look at it now. Just just that first month, having a, a presence of JT Daniels out there gives you a chance now to go on the road and beat Pitt. Gives you a chance to go on the road and beat Virginia Tech. I mean, because, you know, if, if you kind of start the year, you know, potentially one and three or two and two, and that's maybe a best-case scenario with, with a freshman quarterback or if Green was the starter or redshirt sophomore, you know. Um, I mean, could have went sour with the Big 12, you know. But now – and it still might you still might be two and two even with Daniels because that's a tough that's a tough schedule, but I do think we we lean more now into a team that can win eight to nine games than we did prior to Daniels walking in that door. 
I mean, I would I would tend to agree. It's crazy the kind of impact a quarterback can make. It's one position, but it's it's the most important position on the field. Exactly. It's been come. It's come to be known that that's the most important position on the field, and I don't think anybody can question that these days, especially in college football, Zach. Yeah. I mean, now granted, now you know I probably shouldn't say that because the NFL's pretty important to have a good signal caller too. Uh, just look what happened to the the Bengals this past year, and and uh, look what Tom Brady's done for the Patriots for for years on end. Um, but man, I, I don't know, dude, I just, I just look at, at this move and just continue to keep thinking what this does for us long-term because man, you think about this, Zach, you know, and, and you really think about it before this happened, the tone of our conversation right now would have been like, what's going on up there? What's what, what, why is Neil not being able to keep these kids? What is going on? I mean, cause we haven't talked since the Mesador deal and that was a huge blow. But now it's like, you know, did, did something change? What, you know, what, what made Daniels want to come to where Mesador wanted to leave? You know, it's, it's very, I think our program's still in a little bit of flux at the moment, but maybe that's just because that's how college football is at the moment. Everybody's in flux. Maybe it's the on-campus violence. Uh, yeah. Okay. We and, then you get an, and then you get an offer 15 minutes from USC in one of the most violent cities in America. Um, we'll just we'll just leave that alone. Yeah, we'll, well yeah, we won't touch we won't top on that anymore. But that's regardless, regardless. Um, I wish the kid nothing but the best, man. He was great for us for for the time he was here, you know. And we'll still be fine on that defensive line. If there was one position that we could have afforded to lose a player of that caliber, it was that it was that room. The D line has a lot of depth and does have some guys that have played in a lot of football and have done pretty well as well. Oh yeah. And I mean, you still have Dante stills and that's, you know, you can't, you can't put a price on that, but you He's think about the other doubles all year, right? You think about the other positions. We couldn't afford to lose a player of a Mesador's caliber. You know, you couldn't lose Zach Frazier off that line. Just couldn't happen. Nope. Or a wide Milam. You couldn't lose a wide Milam and left tackle, which is where they've apparently moved him now, which will work out with JT Daniels being a righty. Yep. So it wasn't so much with uh, Nico being a lefty, but hey, well, I guess they saw that one coming. You know, I'm wondering, man, and as we talked about the CRT, the the Country Roads Trust, um, how much of some of these things they might have known was in place and in the works and kind of was was, was ready to rock and roll and they just needed some things to kind of dot some I's, cross some T's, you know. Um, And we don't have any T's in West Virginia. We got a lot of I's. So Mm. we're like, we're dotting the I's. You know, and not and not not like we're at Ohio Stadium with that damn band either. Um, man, I, I tell you what, Zach, I feel optimistic again because before Daniels, I, I was just hoping we got to a bowl game. But now, I mean, some things break right. You never know because we talked about this the other day, and I kind of want to get on this before we do talk about a, little, a few other things here tonight. Um, Daniels is probably a top three quarterback in this league immediately walking in that door. I mean, I, I feel like the league's kind of wide open at this point. And yeah, most of that's because in Oklahoma still going to be good, but Lincoln Riley being gone, Caleb huge. being gone, that's, that's humongous. And they lost quite a few other guys with Lincoln Riley leaving also. I mean, you think about the instability Oklahoma has right now. No Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams is gone. You had Spencer Rattler, who came into last year as the preseason Heisman favorite, who is now playing for the Gamecocks down there in South Carolina. Um, and I mean, Venables is a hell of a coach, 
but he's a different guy than Riley. It may he's take also some, never been the head man. Exactly. It may take a little bit of time for him to get established. Now, granted, I have no doubt that Oklahoma is still going to be a good team. I don't think that's in question. But it does add some uncertainty to the equation that they don't normally have. So it'll be interesting to see. Texas, who the hell knows? Oh, Oklahoma yeah. State, I, mean, I and think, I'll give will be you good. This. Quinn Ears is going to be good, potentially. I mean, but we haven't seen it yet. So to, to sit here and say that he is – going to be a top five quarterback in this league might be a little bit of a stretch. I mean, ESPN seems to think they're number six in the country. So, you know, I mean. Stupid computer. No, I mean, granted, B. John Robinson's back. Okay. I mean, you know, but man, look at this way. I mean, Texas was five and seven last year. Oh, they got the receiver, Xavier Worthy, coming back as a sophomore. Absolute stud from last year. So they've obviously got guys. They yeah. always, I mean, but they've got a triplets forming down there in, in Austin, potentially. But let's be real, too. Sarkeesian as a head football coach. There's some questions about him. Mm-hmm. Now, Spencer Sanders is, is wildly inconsistent, but wildly uh, kind of sort of intriguing, too, because of his abilities. So he's probably up in that mix. Bohannon is a very solid quarterback on a very solid team who doesn't make mistakes and has low athleticism. So you could see him being up toward the top. No, no Skylar Thompson anymore at K-State. I mean, I know you're a little higher on Duggan than me. I've never truly seen it out of the kid to think that he's in that in that level of a JT Daniels, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fair to say that Daniels is in the top half of quarterbacks in the Big 12 right away, if you can stay healthy, which is always a big question mark with him. But, I mean, like you said, it's it could be argued that he's top three, and that's going to make a huge difference for us. And I mean, you have receivers like we talked about that if you can get the ball in their hands and do it with accuracy in this new system that Harold's going to run, that's, I mean, almost assuredly going to be successful. I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that this offense won't be much improved from last year. And, and it'll be good to be able to score points because then you don't put all that pressure on the defense because really for the first three years of the Neil Brown era, it's been a lot of pressure on that defense and kind of limited possessions, right? And – you know, you were always screaming last year, let's just get to 30. Let's just get to 30. Well, I think we're going to get to 30 a good bit this next season. If we don't get to 30 in a game, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be a very important number once again. But hopefully one that we can attain. I, off of I, Zach, I, I think we have a possibility of, of putting up 40 a good bit next year potentially. Oh, boy. No, that's a fun. That's a fun thought. I haven't done that in a while. Ah, uh, man, it, yeah, it's been a while. And maybe I'm maybe I'm a little little drunk on the Kool Aid here of Daniels and and Harrell and all that. You know, with it being the news being so fresh. But I mean, little Jack. Oh yeah, huh? I, I wish I had a little bit of that in my cup. I don't right now. Day. I will tell you, man. I'm out here on the porch for the first time in a long time. It's a little chilly. Kind of feels like football weather, brother. I mean, it's about it's about fifty right now. Maybe dipping into the low forties. Feels like we go out the Mountaineer field here, like tomorrow, and watch us play, you know, Oklahoma State or something like that, man. I'm I'm geared up, man. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Um, I know Mountaineer Nation is too, and hopefully here in the next couple of weeks we can add a piece or two, and really kind of solidify this thing heading in to to that day with Pitt here. And and one other thing too, before we we branch off because we got talk hoops, buddy. We got to talk hoops. Totally. But um, I do want to say I like Neil Brown's tone in the spring. Making it a point to say, hey, we're we're going to be starting to play Pitt here in about 150 days. And what we did last year against Maryland in the opener was unacceptable. You better be ready to strap it on 
come September 1st there at Heinz Field. And, like, making it a point to, like, get these guys ready to go day one. I love that coming out of Neil Brown this year. And, I mean, man, there's there's no better thing than each hit pit, right? No, and I think that the tone throughout the offseason has been that, you know, these guys are practicing more focused and more intensely than they have during his whole tenure. And as long as that's not smoke, you're you keep hearing that, man. Hear that. Yeah, you keep hearing that. Now, I hope that isn't just smoke. Um, but, you know, we're a big where there's smoke, there's fire podcast. So Absolutely. if there is some smoke that it's potentially and not smoke in the wrong way, not like, you know, we want it to be smoke smoke that we're actually bringing bringing this intensity not you know somebody blowing smoke at us um, exactly and i and man I, I tend to believe it because i remember him in that mesador press conference saying i'm more resolute now than i ever was about how i'm going to run a program and then what within a week later he lands a top transfer uh portal quarterback and changed the whole dynamic of this program moving forward especially in the 2022 and hopefully He's able to get in, get into Nico's ear and say, "Hey, man, the the thought process here is JT's a one and done. You're going to learn for a year. You're probably going to get four games in at some certain points in time, and then you're going to be the guy taking the job next year." Yeah, and I think that's realistic, at least from his perspective. And you know, not only that, like I said, Daniels has an injury marred past, and you know, Nico could wait in the wings and just be ready to take the take the ball off its hand to him. I mean, he's got to be ready, and he hopefully will take on that challenge. He hopefully will stick around throughout, you know, this and, you know hey, this, this situation hey, that's presented itself, and we'll see what happens. And, Zach, I'll say this, too. And we saw him come trolling up through our section a good bit this yes, year. We did. It was essentially at every home game. I think he loves Morgantown. I think he does love this coaching staff. And I think he, he has a trust in Neil Brown. Now, I, I don't know if the trust was broken by bringing in Daniels, and I hope not. Um, but again, but, like you said, he was very forthcoming about yeah. bringing in a transfer and yeah. targeting a transfer if they didn't think that what they saw in the offseason or in the spring was quite was ready. Efficient. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think that's why we did what we did. And hopefully there's another piece or two on the way, man. We'll, I almost wanted to ask you, Zach, at the moment, like, what are you thinking for a record? But you know, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. We'll, we'll, we got plenty of time to get into that. Um, Hopefully more transfers to come that'll make us even more optimistic. Exactly. And, man, I mean, hey, the one good thing is we we essentially now have about three weeks to figure this thing out. And May 1st comes, we might have a really good idea of what we might be looking at. Um, But, Zach, let's get to basketball, buddy. I want to get into basketball. Been a long time since we talked hoops, man. I mean, really, we talked on the NCAA tournament and then – um, lots happened for Mountaineer basketball since then. That's for damn sure. Yes, it has. Uh, I mean – you know, it's funny because last year at the end of the season, we did a podcast. It's, it's a lost, lost archive um, because of some of the things that happened last year. And then like this year, you know, Cottrell and Bridges dip day one, essentially, that they're able to dip. Then Sean leaves. But now we've brought in a few guys here the last couple of days. Everywhere you look, Huggins is talking to this guy, talking to this guy. Somebody's visiting. And we've already landed a couple big fish in the pond. Um, your thoughts on the on, on the signings that Huggins has been able to bring in in three quality players already from the portal? Well, I think that his focus is on defense once again. I think that he had his taste of trying to have a more offensively oriented 
roster, you know, one that would try and score some points because, you know, with all the success that Press Virginia had, they always came up a little short in the offensive offensive department, and I think that ended up hurting them in the long run, you know, trying to get to the promised land. So he tried to do a little more offensive-minded stuff, and it just kind of got away from the defense that he's hung his hat on, unfortunately. And, you know, when you're not able to get the top-end recruits that can do it both ways, that's just kind of how it works. you got to pick your poison to a certain degree, and I think he's starting to shift back into the gear of, you know, getting stops, getting out in transition, and getting buckets that way and keeping the team from, you know, the team you're playing from scoring more than you are, essentially. That's, that's all that matters. I mean, that's, that's why that guy's won 916 games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. It's not by accident. Yeah. And now a Hall of Famer in about damn time. About um, damn time. I'm so happy that we got that finally out of the way would have liked for it to come on a more successful season for him personally and for our program. But I think it's a springboard for what could happen potentially coming into this next season. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Stevenson, very good player, kind of got that pedigree of knows how to, knows how to play for a coach. that's going to coach him hard. I mean, he was at Wichita, uh, you know, with the Greg Marshall and, days there for a little while he was at south carolina with frank martin you know a hugs guy for sure i mean he averaged close to 12 points a game can rebound assist a little bit i know you said the shooting splits are a little bit a little less than desirable i guess but maybe he was the main focus and maybe we you know hopefully and you never know i mean shooting can go from year to year too you know i think that's one thing we do know at times i will say i love old mo wagu the, uh, and, man, every time I say his name, I think of just wanting to get myself a piece of a Wagyu steak, dude. Wagyu beef. Oh, man, I want some Wagyu beef. I want old Wagyu, old Mo Wagyu to be that guy who comes in here and really sets the tone in the paint. I mean, Zach, a guy who averaged 15 and 12 and three blocks in the JUCO level. Granted, the JUCO level, and he's a little bit maybe thinner than we would like to see. A bit late. Yeah, but I mean, man, he's six eleven. The lean, that's a lean cut of meat. <laughs> real, real lean cut. Um, I, I, I look at it and say that right there, we needed a guy like that for nothing else. And you know, we kind of joked about it. We said we're not going to not rebound again this next season. Hugs is going to go find a guy that averaged a double double wherever the heck it was, and and he did. With Wagyu, um, I also like the fact he three shot three shot blocks a game. I mean, that's. If, I mean, if we're gonna try and do a little press style defense, we gotta have a guy back there to catch the catch the guys getting through, like Sags used to do. I mean, yeah. maybe not to that degree because you know Sags is an absolute freak. Sags was, but yeah. somebody yeah. who can do that because we haven't had the guy like that in a few years. I don't think we've had a. I don't think there's many guys that had what Sags brought. He was an absolute freak. I mean, to what, be six, eight, and block shots the way he did uh, was absurd. Him. Man, you miss him all the time. Yes, yeah, I'm not sure that that old old Wagyu um, is going to be on that Sagaball level because Sags is like just, just a freak, right? But, I mean, if we could get a guy back there, like you said, who could erase some mistakes, that would be huge. Um, another guy we added, and I really like this signing, watched him play uh, – at Iowa, and that's Tukey Toussaint. That's not Tukey. Shit, fire, buddy. Hold on. That's the pitcher for the Braves. 
Um, so I tell you what, I, I really, really like the uh, the get in the portal of Joe Toussaint. Um, I really like, really like Toussaint, man. Um, very good defender, very kind of capable, um, and, and, and sort of very efficient in how he played with Iowa. Was really one of the few guys on that team that was about defense. And this past year, Iowa kind of hung their hat on that a little more, and he got a good bit of time. Now he split a lot of time with Bohannon, who you know be kind of kind of a folk legend there in Iowa. Very intrigued and excited to see him and what he can do for us coming moving forward. Because um, I think if you pair him with Keedy in the backcourt, maybe Stevenson, and then you know you look into maybe what James and man, I can still not say his name, but the big O, James O. Um, and then who, who would you have at the four? Um, I mean, at this point in time. Hopefully Josiah Harris, the freshman from Ohio, can come in and take that four spot. Kind of you, be what you like him be. as a true freshman starter. I mean, I don't know any other true guys that we have that can take that spot. I don't think now the four. I don't think he has the body for it. Hopefully Harris can be that guy, but hopefully we can bring in a guy in the transfer portal that can take that spot. Right. That's my hope. And we've and we've heard a lot about. Uh, a few dudes in the portal that we're still kind of eyeing for that potential force for position. Right. Um, with, with, I mean, with potentially uh, it being a guy like Omir who supposedly now has moved us out of the top four from what we've been told, but yet not really truly any reputable sources. I think they said what Texas tech, Georgetown, Miami, and somebody else are now in his top four. I don't remember the fourth, uh, but as of like two days ago, he was set to visit this weekend. So who knows what really is going on there? Um, could be some back channels. Some of these dudes are getting at like guys on Twitter and telling them the right story. So this, who knows? Anyway, um, now we are getting Parrish, the kid from Oakland, uh, to look at us. And man, I can tell you what, Zach, I remember watching him play against us last year. Very good defender, was an all conference defender, uh, and, and he can shoot the basketball a little bit. What he was, he was an 80% free throw shooter. I believe he was 35% from the three, three point line and 44% from the field. Uh, averaged, averaged double figures and points. Um, able to rebound a little bit. I like that. That guy for us would be huge to get. And I think that would kind of round out our kind of our lineup. And then you can bring in the dudes and Kobe and Seth and allow them to continue to grow, uh, playing big time minutes off the bench this year. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Whenever you first told me about him, I hadn't really heard about him. And they would hear that he's making a visit this weekend. I'm thrilled about that. That's the kind of guy that I think we really need. A guy with some length on the wing who can shoot, who can score, who can help in the rebounding department. That's somebody we need. Hell, somebody we could have used last year, honestly. Because, I mean, absolutely. Moments, but Bridges was very inconsistent. And he wasn't always the best rebounder, but he he did have his moments. Like I said, I'm not going to sell him completely short. He doesn't deserve that. But we well, we, I'll tell you, we this, like that the roster we currently have. six boards a game. That's for sure. Right, agreed. But we definitely need a guy. Now, like, granted, this in, kid did it at in the Summit League. Correct. It's, that's true. Okay, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's definitely different being Summit League competition versus the Big 12, right? And, man, I'm going to be honest with you. If Jalen Bridges does go to Baylor, I could care less about that kid anymore. Because if you leave the state and what he did and you go to play for Baylor in the same conference, then I'm sorry, man. 
I don't have any love for the kid anymore. Would you rather him go there or rather him go to Ohio State? Go to Ohio State. That's fair. You and Sean both go to Ohio State and be in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten and go exit the first round of the tournament. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I think both of them are – I think it's funny how these guys who didn't really want to defend and play for us now want to say that they're going to go play at Texas Tech and Baylor. Like, really? You think so? Hmm. It's a little little different than, you know, they may expect. But I don't know. I I think Bridges – I think he improved as a defender during his time. I don't think McNeil lacked the effort. I just don't think he had it in him. I you know I I wish nothing but the best for him, but I'm, it'd be, it'd be tough I, for them to go to the place like Texas Tech and. But I'm, I'm not up. I'm not rooting for him either when they when we play him or when we. If we were to play him, yeah, absolutely not. And I and to be honest with you, if they go to Ohio State, I'm not rooting for him either. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to at that point. It it's an absolute no non-starter. Um, but I mean, man, the Parish kid can play. There's no question about that. He'd be a nice addition. I mean, we're still in there on the on the Jimmy Bell kid. I know you don't like him, but man, he's a big, big body. And at this point in time, we need one. I mean, there's still like a thousand players out there in the portal. Like, As of I mean, morning, there were like twelve hundred some. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of shaking and moving, um, kind of going around. I mean, still guys that have yet to enter. Yeah, I mean, and, and we, oh yeah, that's true. I mean, there's you make a good point. Now, I think we're kind of solidified with what we have. I don't think anybody that's that is still on the team from last year that hasn't entered the portal is now is going to enter the portal here in the next couple of weeks. I don't think. Uh, granted, we don't know, but I mean, I don't get that impression that Seth Wilson's leaving. I don't get that impression Kobe's leaving. I don't get that impression James O's leaving. I, I mean, you tell me. I mean, maybe King. I don't know. Maybe, but for the most part, I think we're pretty much got the core group that we're going to see moving forward, coming back, and, and then adding to it. Oh, I have the same feel. Granted, there are still, you know, three weeks, thereabouts, two, three weeks until the portal shuts down. But we'll uh, and, we'll and, see as far oh, as new entries are concerned. And Zach, and Zach, real quickly here, we, we still have two scholarships out there, correct? Correct. Right. And, man, I, I think with what we have – coming back like you said we're gonna try and get out and transition we might try and press a little bit here and there i i like what hugs is trying to do and i think we weren't that far off last year from being a team that was much better than what our record indicated we were right you think about some of the breaks taz against baylor getting knocked knocked out cold and then we end up losing the game late because we didn't have our best player on the floor in a game he was absolutely going off you win that game, that changes the season, right? You lose a one-point game to Texas. You lose a heartbreaker to Iowa State. Iowa State was a sweet 16 team this year, and we dominated them in Morgantown. And then we should have beat them in Ames. I mean, you think about that. We were not that far off. Now, granted, a lot of the guys that were making that happen are not here anymore. But, like, the Big 12 was such a grind of a league. I think any other conference in America – we were a tournament team last year, so I don't think we're that far away. And I can guarantee you this: we know what when Hug says he will fix it, he will fix it. I have complete faith, and now you can say he's a Hall of Fame coach, so you can't really doubt him, right? And, and man, I would think that's going to play dividends going into living rooms. 
I would hope. Couldn't I can't hurt. imagine it doesn't, right? Man, I mean, Zach, I felt the other day, rock to make West Virginia hoops great again, had for, for a l- little trip out to get food uh, this morning, and it was like, man, I know and I have faith in that guy that West Virginia basketball is going to be something we're proud again watching come next November. I have no doubt about it. I'm right there with you. Basketball, yeah. football, 2022. Let's see. Uh, let's see some growth. Oh, we're we're gonna see some growth. I, I really do see that coming. Um, because let's be real, 2021 was a rough season for All us. Right. I mean, and and the way the fan base is now, and with with social media being what it is, and nil and portal, we don't need that angst. We need a little love in this room. I don't think anybody would have any complaints about that. Um, and, hey, Zach, speaking of giving a little love, real quick before we get off here, and I know you're not a big baseball guy, but we're talking Mountaineers. So we got to real quickly here kind of give a little bit of a shout-out here to the Mountaineer baseball program. 21-10 and 10 on the year. They've won six consecutive games. We are currently first place in the Big 12 Conference. How about five and Five and one. Now, we're getting ready to host – the number three ranked team in the country, Oklahoma State. Going to be a fun weekend up there at Mont County Ballpark. But, man, I'll tell you this. West Virginia is plays a different brand of baseball than just about anybody else. Maybe ball is fun to watch. They lead the nation in steals, and it's not even close. Uh, Austin Scott's a, a really good player. Tevin Tucker can fly. They play great defense. We, we bunt, play small ball. They're extremely aggressive on the bases. It's something that people should take a peek at on their ESPN Plus um, here over the weekend, man, when we get a chance. Or if you get a chance to go up there, man. I think we're planning to go when they play Texas here in the beginning of May. Yeah, it's a hell of a ball field, man. I've been there a handful of times. It opened at the end of my tenure at WVU. And, you know, anytime you get it, a chance to go up there, it's a fun time. It sure beats the heck out of Holly Field, man. I will tell you that right now. That place was uh, less less than stellar behind the Coliseum. Um Let's go ahead and say this right now, man, Zach. The next two weeks for Mountaineer baseball, crucial. Because if, if they do well, you're facing two teams in the top five in Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. You get out of that with the three and three mark, and you're eight and four in this conference, you're going to be right into that mix of a chance to maybe even host a regional. But the problem for us is the midweek games kind of hurt us a little bit because of our schedule. We have to play northern teams. We play like a pit. That's not not great. Penn State wasn't good. We play Marshall. You, you know, you play some teams that aren't necessarily as stellar. I mean, I'll tell you this: it's worth something to look into for this Mountaineer baseball team. I think the one thing I'm still a little nervous at for us is our pitching, but I think Maisie's got these guys back in contention to make the tournament. And I'll tell you this too: like you said, Zach, that ballpark is phenomenal. I've only been once for a game, and the game I went to, man, it didn't turn out all that great for us it was the regional versus duke oh yeah manoa couldn't get out of the second didn't have a good didn't have what he needed our center fielder made one of the best plays i've seen live and ended up having to be carried off in a stretcher um you know it was it was a rough one and duke's pitcher threw like a two hitter um you know it's that's my one experience in the mall county ballpark as a as a fan watching a game been up there for a couple outings and doing different things with baseball but man Mountaineer baseball is back we're, we're getting votes in the, a lot of polls and the ncwba poll the one i vote in they're right outside the top 20 25 um and then we are 24th in the d1 baseball poll so 
give Maisie and boys a lot of credit. Maybe they're kind of making the turn to 2022 for the football and the basketball program. That's what I like to hear. That's that's the kind of that's kind of we start kind of start we needed the you know sports calendar in this in this year that's hopefully free of COVID and free of disappointment. And man, we've we've kind of forgot about that, haven't we? I can't even spell COVID anymore. I I does it have a K or a C in it? I don't even remember. Hey, you can't spell uh, can't spell Duke without K. <laughs> you ever see that commercial, that Nike commercial? I, I did see that Nike commercial. Can't Zach, spell all these words without K. I'm like, and, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're trying to do here, guys. Oh, man. And Zach, you know, you brought that up. That was so heartbreaking to see. And you know what? He took, he, he broke our hearts back in 2010 in that Final Four. But I felt for Coach K losing his finale to UNC and then losing in the Final Four for a chance to play for the national championship to Carolina, losing to them twice in a row. Like, I know we talked about this. It didn't feel like it was going to happen, and then it happened. I mean – I mean, it would have stung losing his home finale to anybody. It would have stung losing the Final Four to anybody. But, man. You both did to Carolina? Them, both of them, UNC. I mean, that doesn't get much worse than that. With a first-year coach and Hubert Davis, who – I mean, yeah. I think me and you are both still on record saying I'm not still 100% sold on old UB. No. Not quite <laughs> at all. Now, granted, he's going to have Baycott back again next year, and that'll probably oh. uh, go a long way toward uh, seeing those boys in, in, in the Tar Heel Blue uh, making a run in the tournament again next year. Yeah, it certainly will. We got a long time for that. Oh, man. Oh, I know, buddy. Man. Hey, bring games a week away. Well, you know, and that's for, hey, what it's, for what it's worth these days. Real quick, you know, it's funny you bring that up, Zach. I, I, I could never be less excited for something than spring football. Like, I don't know why so many people get so jazzed up about it because, A, the depth chart doesn't matter. No. B, the game doesn't matter. A lot of times they don't even really have it kind of even symbol of a game. Like, and people get really amped up for it. And I'm like, man, call me in September. I think, at least for me, I think a big part of it is seeing guys in uniform you haven't seen before, i.e. Nico. You know, just I mean that's that's the show yeah. as far as guys you haven't seen before that you finally get to see in a Mountaineer uniform. Granted, it's just a gold jersey, nothing nothing crazy, but just seeing what he can do, even just putting your eyes on what his throwing throwing looks like, throwing to the guys that he's going to be having out there on the field if you were to get on the field, which you know probably won't. But <laughs> oh, he'll play in four games next year if he's yeah, still here. He'll probably get some time. If but he's still just, here. I think that's mostly what it is. And like you said, it's it's a shell of a game. It's not anything legit. It's situational stuff, mini games, stuff like that. Hey, it's fine. I mean, I think Neil Brown does the most he can with it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. The only time I really get into a, a, a spring game is the first year that a head coach is there. Because I think that is kind of cool to see the coach, how he, conducts his, how he conducts his spring practice, how he's conducting that game, seeing him on the sideline. I do get into that, but then after and I, that's the only time I've ever attended spring games. Zach was Stu's spring game his first year, quote unquote. Same for Dana, same for Neil. That's it. Mm. It's yeah. I wasn't old enough to go to Rich's yet. Um, that's a long, long time ago. But man, I, and I would much rather watch golf or watch baseball than watch spring football. For those that want to watch it, all for it. The USFL is coming too, man. So good for them. By the way, XFL, Anthony Becht, going to mm. be head coach. Pretty cool. Yes, sir. 
Pretty cool. Hey, man, Zach, I think we kind of uh, kind of fooled them here tonight, man. It was it was fun talking some Mountaineer, you know, portal talk. Essentially, I guess that's what tonight would probably be more or less dubbed as. Um, and man, we'll we'll welcome CJ back with open arms. I don't think he went to the portal. I think he's just kind of <laughs> just dealing with some study hall stuff. He'll be back, guys. Don't worry. You know, he's he's not left the shed. He's not in the portal at this moment. Okay, so. You know, you never know though. May first, I know. If we don't hear from him before then, we might have to. We might have to kind of check in with him, make sure we're still massaging his ego a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, who knows? Give him some nil bucks. <laughs> I, I've already spent it all on you, buddy. I mean, now we're <laughs> the, you know seems like uh, a good decision. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, hey, we, we do what we can, but brother, man. Always a pleasure. Until till next time, y'all take it easy. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. You guys enjoy. Some baseball this weekend, man, at the Mon. Let's go Mountaineers. Baseball.